Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode features Shatara Donald, a major crimes detective with the Richmond Police Department and also one of the lead characters in my new Outlaws series. Anyone who knows Shatara also knows that any fictional character is going to pale in comparison to the real thing, but I give it my best shot. And if you listen really closely near the end of the interview, you can hear a rooster crowing. I assume to tell her that time is up and to end the interview. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hey, Shatara, thanks for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. Can you uh, introduce yourself? I am Shatara Donald, and I am a detective with the Richmond Police Department's Major Crimes Division. Aggravated assault and sex crimes, to be more specific. <laughs> how, long, how long have you been with the police department? Uh, almost 10 years. Okay. And what did you, did you start out as a detective or a patrol officer? I was in patrol for about, I want to say, five-ish years. And then I went to our, um, which was the gang unit, but they changed the name to IPU, the Intervention and Prevention Unit. And after that, I went to major crimes. Okay. And what precinct did you work out of? Fourth, the best precinct. Okay, yeah. <laughs> did you did you like patrol work? I did. I did. What do you think was, your favorite was, part about it was? Um, that every day was different. Like, there was no call that was the same. There was no traffic stop that was the same. So it was hard for me to, I guess you could say, get bored. Yeah. Um, I started on midnight shift. So there, obviously, after uh, maybe like 2 a.m., everything's a little slow. So at, I think like year two or three of my career, I decided to opt in and go to evening shift, which was a lot busier. But it was still like different and with everybody whoever knows me knows that i can't stay still for nothing so i got to keep going and going and going so i like the fact that everything was different and i saw different things and nothing was like the same like i can't look at the same thing everything every day so were you all around fourth precinct because fourth precinct is downtown part of north side um in one particular spot um, so I was in Sector 413, which was mainly downtown. But once I switched to um, evening shift, I was all around the precinct. So I was in 411 where Gilpin Court is and um, like deep north side, like Highland Park. Um, I ventured out into 412, which is, you know, Chamberlain and uh, like Seminary Avenue and all there. So I got a, a little taste of everything. Okay. And what made you decide you wanted to be a, a major crimes detective? something different like i wanted to investigate you know i wanted to actually go to youth and family crimes um initially but then i i had kids and i was like i don't know if, <laughs> if my tolerance level would be uh good enough for um that portion of it not <laughs> not saying as far as like being able to handle the crime just for like i guess you could say trying to maintain my composure with some of the crimes that they actually deal with yeah. against children and knowing that i had my own you know daughter at the time on the way so i i just wanted something different and then i actually started getting into the groove of like oh i actually like investigating shootings i like investigating you know um bringing justice to sex assault victims and so I, I just got used to it. I just, it started off as like, yeah, let's just see something new. But now it's like, ah, it's a passion. Yeah. And um, how many shootings do you think you've investigated? I know it's uh, a, a lot. lot. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> Can you put it, is it, do you guys do, you, would you say each detective maybe 20 or 30 a year? Or is it even beyond that? Yeah, it's a it's about 20 or 30 a year on average um, for shootings. It just all depends, you know. I know last year I didn't work as many shootings because I was on maternity leave, but um, it 
probably factors out maybe about 20 to 30 a year. Okay. And how many people are on a team, aggravated assault team? So so now um, when I initially started, we started with two teams and there was five people on each team. And now we're um, three teams and there's now three people on each team because um, there were some movements done around. But normally there's four. Um, so, you know, we're taking on a lot of cases with the amount of people we have, but we're all working through it. So um, it's nothing we can't handle. Oh, but. I know. Well, and, and, yeah, and you guys don't just do shootings and sex assaults. You guys also will handle DOA reports yep. um, and the like as well on covering for homicides on the weekends, right? Yep. We'll do DOAs on the weekends. Um, we get, you know, a lot of like miscellaneous reports where there's aggravated assaults, you know, where someone maybe have been beaten with a bat or um, maybe stabbed. So we do a lot of those as well. Um, a lot of shooting in the occupied vehicle and uh, dwelling. So we get a lot of different reports. Um, that comes come through so it's not just the shootings and the sex assaults um which are you know the bigger every case is big right. but you know which are the bigger cases that we do get are the shooting and the sex assaults but um we do work the doas um for homicide on the weekends and sometimes it just depends on how busy homicide might be during the week we might you know step up to take uh doa for them during the week as well and do you guys get much cooperation from your victims? Because a lot of people th will, will think that, you know, well, you guys are investigating um, non-fatal shootings, so it's got to be easier than homicides. But that's not necessarily the case, is it? No, not necessarily the case. Um, usually, I, and I don't want to say difficult, but I think it, the, it does get a little more difficult with um, just regular shootings that are not homicides because you do have those who do not want to cooperate with police, whether it's, you know, based on their upbringing or, you know, with everything that's going on right now with how um, society views police, you know, so there's a lot that factors into that. And some people, um, you know, just don't want to talk to us. So it does get a little difficult. And sometimes unless you have that video or somebody that witnessed the entire event to be able to say this is exactly what happened, it, it's hard to kind of close a case. Um, but even then, like you'll have someone who probably probably witnessed it and will tell you everything. But then when it comes down to making the arrest and going to court, then you can't find them or locate them. So it does get a little difficult with most of our shootings. And you brought up video. And one of the cases you had before I left, there was a guy who got himself shot up in a gas station. And weren't you guys able to make the arrest, but then you couldn't find your victim? Yes, we did. So and that actually and I mean, we have a lot of helpful tools, too. And that comes down to, you know, witnesses and everything, you know, that particular gas station shooting, you know, they um, we had the video, good quality video, um, which is amazing. I encourage anybody who wants to get cameras to make sure they get good quality. video. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, we had good quality video and then, you know, we put it out there on the news. Someone called in and said, I think it's this person. We were able to confirm identification and everything. And then once it came down to the arrest, we made the arrest and then he went to court and then we couldn't locate the victim. Um, he left against medical advisement from the hospital. So after that, we were unable to locate him and did not know where he was until um, we ended up finding out that he got arrested in Chesterfield a little while later, way after, you know, the court proceedings and everything happened. Um, so he ended up popping up, I guess, Chesterfield stopped him or something, and he got arrested. <laughs> Did he wind up cooperating with you in the end? Nope. Still didn't cooperate. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, changing gears a little bit, speaking about um, shootings, you married a police officer, correct? 
I did. You did. <laughs> and and how many years ago? No, it's it's Ryan Donald, correct? Yes. And Ryan he Donald. he got shot on duty, right? He did. Can you talk about that just a little bit? So I know um, I don't know every single detail, and I will be honest. Like I, um, when it did happen, I stayed out of it because you know I wanted to allow the department to do their investigation. I didn't want to be like you know, an influence on like what his story is or anything like that. So I kind of stayed out of it. Right. I let him, you know, talk to all, all the investigators that were involved. Um, just saying like, Hey, you know, I'm glad to talk to you about your feelings, but I don't want to talk about the case because I want you to save that for the people who are investigating, you know, your shooting. Right. So I do know that they were, um, called by one of the, uh, sergeants in the department to go check out something. There was a church, um, in the area where they were making kind of making a complaint. They just, you know, wanted to, there were some guys looking a little suspicious in the area. As um, far as I know, they get over there. They saw an individual that they had saw earlier in the day. They try to get out on him. I think he runs. And then when they get to, Ryan gets to an alley um, where the guy runs, and then all of a sudden he starts hearing gunfire. Um, so he gets ready to, you know, respond back to that gunfire. Uh, at some point, he, he does end up firing his gun. But at some point, he ends up shot, and he didn't even realize until he started feeling burning in his leg that he buckled mm-hmm. when he started feeling the burning in his leg. So then he kind of backed out the alley. The other two officers he was with, he assumed that something happened to them, too, when he heard the first round um, of gunfire. But ended up one uh, fell on the way back to the back of the alley. And then I can't remember what happened to the other officer. I think he, like, the car or something, he couldn't get the car where it needed to go. or So I can't even remember. <laughs> But they were all, oh, obviously they're all okay. Um, but, you know, that's why he continued to proceed through the alley because he thought, like, his buddy was down. So um, that individual ended up um, getting convicted of shooting Ryan. And I think he got, like, 25 years um, to serve. Good. So, yeah. So that was that was a trial and uh, a fun time in and of itself, the stress level that we sure. had to experience. And we were preparing for a wedding and everything. So... <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, great. <laughs> I got to no, deal with right, this. Right, you're, no kidding. Perfect timing. <laughs> now, Ryan stayed on a little longer, right? And then he went on yes. and decided he wanted to do something else? He did. So, And that big change kind of happened because when he, sta- he stayed on, um, so we did IVF. Um, and so we just kind of, you know, we were trying to get pregnant. So we did IVF, and we didn't know if this was going to work or not. But it did. And I don't, I will tell you one thing about IVF babies. They are totally different breed than these kids out here. (laughs) But, um, we were doing IVF and then he stayed on with the department for long enough that, uh, you know, that he was, he was in property crimes after he came back. Um, so, cause I guess there was a call too that happened, um, where he was, when, as soon as he comes back to the street, when he's on FMT, he's chasing after a guy that had a rifle. Uh, so here <laughs> we go again. So here we go again. So, um, uh, so it's kind of like, you know, he was like, wait a minute, maybe, you know, the chance for property crimes came open. So he was like, let me talk to my wife about it. See where her head's at. And I was like, if you want to do it, do it. So he went to property crimes. Um, and then like a year or two, once we got into you know, IVF and started doing that. And I found out I was pregnant. Um, his brother had a job opportunity for him for contract work and he took it on. It was, you know, obviously higher pay, but you know, if we got into policing for the pay, then I'll, <laughs> nobody would be police officers nobody, nowadays. Nobody. So, um, but it was higher pay and, you know, he, he, he left with the mindset of, I have a baby and a wife and I have to support them. So this is going to be the opportunity that I need to do it. And, 
he that's where he went on to and i keep trying to convince him to come back but he's not listening to me so <laughs> good luck with that then, nope <laughs> good nope. luck with that because <laughs> i did it long enough you know and then you know at some point in your life if you're not doing the different things uh you know you get burned out and that's why i think sure. a lot of the times with patrol like you know you got the different calls going on and all that so you don't get burnt out as quickly uh, because there's days you can be proactive and there's days you could just be like you know what i'm gonna sit you know somewhere and just answer my radio call so you can kind of change it up the way you want um and in major crimes i mean the shootings all the shootings are different whether the people whether the victim talks to you or not is all different and you're always working on a different case and you know you can get burned out there too so you got to kind of take it one case at a time um but if you're like me, you don't do that. You just keep working all your cases. <laughs> you don't know how to take a break. You're like, wait, I got to get this done. Wait, I got to get this done. You have a whole, you have a list of stuff written down and you're just like, all right, did I do that yet? <laughs> well, then you got a rooster behind you that's crowing and, and getting yeah, on. Oh, you hear the rooster? Because <laughs> I'm outside. <laughs> well, Satara. The rooster I, wanted to be heard too. <laughs> I know. They always do. They always do. Well, thank you for talking to us, Satara. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. All right. Well, I'll talk to you later. All righty. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. And that's all for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Remember to ignore all the people who try to make us hate each other. We're better than they are. Thanks for listening.